week by week from the pick of new material, from the pages of best-selling novels, from the theater of Broadway and London, and the sound stages of Hollywood, will parade the most remarkable figures ever known. CBS gives you suspense. The two-fisted, quick-triggered marksman who shoots from the hip and never misses. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of Suspense. This episode stars none other than Donald O'Connor, famous for dancing for sure and being an all-around entertainer. He was on stage and screen and radio, as you can see here. Um... His main facet that he's known for is his dancing, of course. Um, he did a brilliant job with Gene Kelly in Singing in the Rain and just had uh, one of my favorite all-time dance routines is the um, Make Them Laugh and, and where he's running up the walls and actually breaks through a wall at one point. Just a, a wonderful, uh, talented uh, dancer and entertainer. Uh, he also was... Uh, famous probably for being in Francis the Talking Mule movies. Uh, I don't know how many of those he did, but a number, at least three or four or more. Uh, anyway, I hope you enjoy Donald O'Connor in suspense. It's um, a piece of uh, brilliant casting and one that um, usually Elliot Lewis gets credited for all the great casting uh, an interesting, uh, divergent casting in uh, suspense. But even before his time, back when um, uh, William Robeson and uh, Mr. Spears were uh, producing the show, they still had some interesting casting like this. Uh, what a strange choice to make, but uh, makes for a fun episode of suspense. So I hope you enjoy it. Next, we jump ahead 10 years to 1957, August 11th, to catch Lloyd Bridges in the episode Pigeon in the Cage. This is right around the time that he was doing his series Sea Hunt, and he was probably quite a catch for... <laughs> Pun not intended. Probably quite a catch for the suspense team. Anyway, enjoy that as well. Then we jump ahead five years from that time to 1962, right at the end of of the run of suspense from uh, August 12th and we have Silver Shoe which is done in New York the reason you don't know a lot of the actors that are in the 1962 episodes is because uh, late in the run of uh, suspense they move from California to doing the episodes there to doing them in New York as well as Johnny Dollar did the same thing. When they moved Johnny Dollar to New York, Bob Bailey said he didn't want to do the show in New York. He'd, he'd rather do it if it stayed in California, so they had to get a different actor, and those aren't considered quite as good of episodes, of course, as the ones with Bob Bailey. Anyway, without further ado, here is Suspense. Suspense. 
For the perfect prelude to gracious dining, for distinguished entertaining, for rare taste pleasure, serve a Cresta Blanca California Sherry. That's C-R-E-S-T-A B-L-A-N-C-A Cresta Blanca Cresta Blanca Yes, the knowing tongue has discovered that the world produces no finer sherry than Cresta Blanca. And there's a Cresta Blanca sherry for every taste, for every occasion. Yes, it's smart before dinner to pour delightfully dry Cresta Blanca dry watch. And after dinner, to serve creamy rich Cresta Blanca triple cream. Shenley's Cresta Blanca Wine Company, Livermore, California. And now, with Mr. Donald O'Connor as star, Shenley brings you radio's outstanding theater of thrills... Suspense. Presented by Roma Wines. That's R-O-M-A. Roma Wines for your everyday enjoyment. Tonight, Roma Wines of Fresno, California, bring you Donald O'Connor in Smiley, a suspense play produced, edited, and directed for Shenley by William Spear. For 22 years, I was without trouble. I got along with people. They liked me. They called me Smiley. Because that's the way it was with me. My eyes, I mean. Laughing the way I always was inside. And then I had this thing with the woman. And the laugh went out of my eyes and out of my insides. That's when I learned that thing or two, especially about women. That's when I learned that some women don't even have the right to live. It was on my day off and sort of late at night, and I was just walking along the street, not going anywhere in particular or even thinking anything much, just sort of whistling to myself and walking along the street. Oh, me? Why, why, nothing. Nothing at all. You've been following me. Oh, no, I haven't been following you. What are you looking at me that way for? What are you looking at me and smiling that way for? <laughs> I just smile at everybody, lady. Go away. Don't come near me. Oh! Shut up. Oh! Hey! Shut up. That was when the cop grabbed me and they threw me into jail just because she lied about me. She said I was bothering her. She said I hit her. She said I was staring at her. She said I was following her. Probably going to rob her. And they all believed it, too. They didn't say so, but they were all thinking about those women that got killed lately. I know. So they believed the woman. And about my hands. They didn't believe that either. They thought it was funny about my hands. About hands nobody understands. Nobody. The uh, defendant will rise. 
Gerald Smythe, do you have anything to say before this court pronounces sentence? Well, I, I'm a decent man, Judge. I got a job. Uh, I, I'm a decent working man. I, I didn't follow her. I didn't hit her. I, I didn't do anything she says. The jury has disagreed with you, Mr. Smythe. You say you uh, have a job? Uh, yes, sir. What kind of a job? I'm a dishwasher. Dishwasher, huh? Let me see your hands. Oh, sure. Oh, they're nice. I, I keep them that way. <laughs> order, please, Order. Yes, I see. Um, they're long and smooth and white. I keep them this way. <coughs> Mr. Smythe, you'll find that lying does not help you in this court. Your hands may be indeed are everything you say, but they are certainly not the hands of a working man, least of all a dishwasher. I sentence you to two years and six months in the county prison. I didn't blame the judge. I was there in the first place because of the woman. Only because of her, and I worked out my time with my hands. My hands are still long, but they're not smooth. They're not white. They're not pretty anymore. It was November when I got out. Cold. Cold outside, and I was cold inside. I had no place to go except back to the Busy Bee Cafe in Curly. All the way back to town, I thought of Curly. His hands weren't like mine. They, they were short and stubby, but golly, they were good. The way he used them, I mean. Whatever he was doing, slapping pie dough or handling a side of beef or choking the life out of a chicken, he was purely good. I walked into the kitchen... And there he was working. He didn't see me because I was behind him, but after a while he must have felt me because he jumped like he was shot. Uh, what do you want? I want my job back. What's your job? Smiley. Smiley. Good Lord, man. I didn't Yeah, know... Curly, it's me. How about that job? <laughs> you remember you ran out on me once. Yeah, I drew a blank. Yeah, yeah, you should sure do a big one. Hey, you look different somehow. I... Wait a minute. Your face, your eyes, they changed, Smiley. Well, what did you do, quit laughing? You might say that. You purely might. I changed. My hands, too, see? They're better, huh? Eh, yeah, they're not the same either. Hey, remember how you used to ride me about that hot water? And how I even bought rubber gloves once? Well, look. Look, Curly. Hot water. Now, that's hot. Now watch. Hey, you fool, that's pure steam. Now, what are you trying to do, kill yourself? I'm just proving I'll keep the water hot. I don't need to worry about my hands now. Yeah, well, look, kid, look, you, you better have something to eat, huh? We'll talk about hot water later. Say, Curly, where the... Well, 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 laughing boy is there. Where you been, honey? Off on the bum? What's the matter with your happy friend, Curly? One of us hateful women take him over the high road. Why don't you say something, one of you? Uh, Smiley, don't feel good cooking. Now, you better get back in front. We might get a customer. You don't want me around. That's all right with me. Smiley, what's with you? You you haven't changed that much, have you? You and Cookie used to be... She reminds me of a dame. Well, why not? She is a dame. I've been in jail, Curly. Oh? A dame sent me there. Yeah? I don't like dames, Curly. I don't like dames. (laughs) 
I tried to tell him about it, but I knew I couldn't make him understand. Still, I, I couldn't get it out of my mind. It was still there. While I was talking to him, while he was taking me up to his rooms to show me where I could stay, all the time it was there for good now. I knew that. Well, here we are, fella. Home. And there's the extra bed I was telling you about. Yeah, be it ever so humble, this is it. Now, look, kid, look, you, you've had a rough ride. Sure. But you stay here with me as long as you want. Get some rest, then we start fresh, huh? Hey, maybe you want to be a fry cook now. Well, thanks. Hey, maybe if you could teach me to use your hands, I mean, the way you do, I mean, maybe I can learn to use them right. <laughs> yeah, you betcha. Now, look, you forget what's happening, we get the work. Check. It's all over. Maybe it is, and maybe it isn't. Look here. Out there on the street. Well, look, kid, this housing pitch is rough. If you're looking for scenery, you ain't gonna get it here. What do you see out there? Eh, a view that's worth just about one-tenth what I paid for it. It stinks. I don't mean that. You see that, Dean? Yeah. You know something about her, Curly? She could get dead. Huh? There's maybe a thousand windows around here, and a bullet from any one of them would get her dead. And it'd be pretty hard to find out who did it. Yeah, now, look, kid, you don't like women, and I don't blame you, but you, you can't go around putting slugs in people, even dames. Or that'd pay off like keeping your water too cool did. Only you'd get more than any two and a half years. Yeah. But all I'd have to do is raise the window, aim, and... a dead dame. Hey, get away from that window. I don't know about you. I just don't know. What's the matter with you smiling? I told you. I just don't like dames. Curly's face was as white as a clean apron. He was mad a little and scared, but I still couldn't explain to him what it took me two and a half years to figure. That a man works hard. And when he works, he's got some pay coming. All the time I was in jail, I knew I wasn't about to get a nickel for all the work of digging and shoveling and laying concrete. And the one thing I was proud of was ruined. My hands. And I figured to collect some pay for that work if it was the last thing I ever did. And I figured it out good. Just what the pay ought to be. One woman. One dead dame. I couldn't explain it to Gurley. I guess I didn't have to. He thought I was nuts. Anyway, he drove me like a slave, but I didn't mind. I was learning. Well, let's see now. Two apples, one peach. Uh, better make it two. Two coconut, one chocolate. Ah, well, what we got, that ought to hold them. How many those peaches, Smiley? Oh, sure, Curly. Here you are. Yeah, thanks. Boy, oh, boy. Gee, Curly, the way you handle things. Uh, what do you mean? Well, the way you pour fruit from that can and the way you're putting the rim on that pie crust and the way you knead the dough and... Oh, you know how to use your hands. Ah, <laughs> uh, Smiley, listen. Your hands are the most important things you got in the kitchen. You gotta learn to squeeze hard and you gotta know just when to use the most delicate touch. Hands are important. Oh, I wish I could use mine the way you use yours, Curly. <laughs> you're good. Yeah, well, it takes a long time, Smiley, but you'll learn. Your hands got strong when you were up. Yeah, what I mean is you'll learn how to use them, kid. Yeah, 
I get along all right, only... Only what? Cookie. Oh, you're letting that Dane get you down? Ah, oh, forget it. I wish he was gone, Curly. I'm afraid. Good morning, gentlemen. The world can now be fed. Lovely Cookie has her eyes. Yeah, fine. Well, you better get that front end lined up, chicken. It's time to open. Sure. Oh, Smiley, honey. Smiley, say hello to the pretty lady. Beat it. Smiley. Okay, Cookie, take off. Oh, Curly, Smiley didn't say good morning. My day will be ruined. Oh, nuts. Brother, ain't that a whip? Hey, Cookie, why don't you leave the kid alone? He's had a tough time. He, he, he doesn't feel good. Well, why doesn't he smile anymore? That's all. Just let him smile. Well, the last time he smiled at the dame, he picked up a fistful of stretch at the county farm. Now, you remind him of her. He quit smiling. Oh, is that so? Well, I'm used to being treated like a human, see? And just because a guy's nuts... All right, all right, Cookie, get the word. Okay, but you just remember... One of these days, we're going to have a showdown, and it'll be either him or me. Take it easy. You just remember, someday it'll be him or me. I heard what Cookie said. I stood right outside the door and heard her. Someday it'll be him or me. There was a weight like a two-story building in my stomach, and my hands were going open and shut, open and shut. And I knew she was right. Me or her. For Suspense, Roma Wines are bringing you Donald O'Connor in Smiley. Roma Wines presentation tonight in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. Suspense, radio's outstanding theater of thrills, is presented by Roma. That's R-O-M-A, Roma Wines, from the world's greatest reserves of fine wines. Have you ever thought how easy it is to turn a casual call by friends or neighbors into a delightful party? Simply set out some fruit, cheese or nuts, and delicious Roma California wine. Yes, these are the inexpensive ingredients of real enjoyment. The simplest occasion takes on a festive note when you pour better-tasting Roma wine. So enjoy golden Roma muscatel or glowing Roma port after dinner or whenever guests drop in. As you savor the mellow goodness of these delicious Roma wines, you will understand why more Americans enjoy Roma than any other wine. So, for an everyday family treat, or for smart hospitality, serve better-tasting Roma Wines. That's R-O-M-A, Roma Wines, America's largest-selling wines. And now, Roma Wines bring back to our Hollywood soundstage Vereen Tuttle as Cookie, Sidney Miller as Curly, and starring Donald O'Connor as Smiley who continues a narrative well calculated to keep you in suspense. It added up. I was going to get my pay. But now it wasn't just some dame, some time. It was a particular dame. Cookie. And soon... When I went inside, my hands were still going like that, open and shut, open and shut. 
And all day, I just watched Curly and the way he used his hands. His technique, as he called it. The way he squeezed when he had to. It was so important, the technique, I mean. You had to squeeze just right. Just right. Hey, Smarty. What are you doing, kid? Oh, I'm, I'm just squeezing mashed potatoes out of this bag, huh? making designs like you do on cakes. Oh, that's great, great. Well, what kind of design do you call that? Oh, uh, it's just a hand, I guess. Hand? Oh, brother, that, that hand couldn't do much. Look how fat you got it up at the thumb. Oh, that, I I guess I squeezed too hard. <laughs> Smiley, you'll be all right, kid. You stay with it. Well, laughing boy's growing up. Little Smiley going to be a pastry cook. Lay off the kid, Cookie. Lay off. I told you. I know, Curly. I know when I told you. Let the boy take care of himself. Yeah, Curly. Take it easy. It's all right now. Well, how do you like that? It's all right. Gee, are we going to be friends now, Smiley? We can try. How do you like this design, Cookie? That? Oh, well, it's okay. What is it? It's a hand. A hand? Yeah, a hand, he calls it. Oh, sure. See, the, these are the fingers here. They're awful long for fingers. Oh, I don't know. See? Look at my hand. My fingers are long. Yeah. Yeah, they are. It's just that you don't notice. People don't notice dishwashers' hands. That's why I'm going to be a fry cook and a pastry cook. Then they won't be cracked and dirty like they are now. They'll stay soft. And strong, too. Soon as I get to be a cook. Sure. Sure they will, Smiley. Yeah, well, now that you two are very lovey-dovey, how about breaking it up, huh? I want to get home. You mean you really go home when you're through here? Well, of course I go home. Where do you go? Oh, lots of places. Tonight I got a date with Johnny Mack, the singing sensation out at the Natural Pass. I got to go out there and meet him. The Natural Pass? Yeah. That's a joint at 7-Eleven Green Grove. 7-Eleven, natural pass. Get it? Yeah, yeah, get it. Uh, What kind of guy is he? You got to go to him. Oh, he's working. He can't come in here. Uh, He must have a peel. You ain't kidding, brother. How do you get out to this joint? You hitchhike? You kidding? I take a bus to the end of the line, call a cab from the drugstore, and go on out. Class. Uh, How about that smiley class yet? I guess a crooner would rate it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you better get that front end cleaned up, Cookie, if you're going to meet this uh, Johnny Songbird. I guess I better. Boy, on the day I quit swinging hair. Have a good time, Cookie. Have a good time. It would all depend on why you quit swinging hash. Being, being glad about it, I mean. When an idea puts a saddle on your brain and starts riding it, it's purely funny how many other ideas it picks up. Like Cookie going to the natural pass. It just fit in with everything. I quick finished my work and told Curly I had something to do and took off like a kid on the last day of school. You know, sort of slow until I got outside. And then I wanted to whoop and jump up and down like I had springs instead of muscles. I couldn't do all that, but I could walk fast, and I did. I went up to the room and got my money and changed clothes. And I went down and rented a car and drove out to the end of the bus line. I stopped and waited. I guess I waited an hour and a half watching all the buses, hoping that that dame wouldn't cross me up. She didn't. Can I 
It's me, Smiley. Oh. What are you doing out here? Oh, I just wanted to get out of town for a while, so I rented a car. When I got out here, I remembered what you said about coming out. I I thought I'd just wait for you. Oh, Smiley, honey, you got more stalls than Santa Anita. I'll bet you planned it, didn't you? You could be a sweet guy, you know that. Come on, I'll take you to the club. How far is it? About a mile and a half. Let's go. I guess you could be a sweet guy. Hmm? I guess I added you up wrong. It's possible. <laughs> You're a funny guy, Smiley. You think so? Yeah. I don't quite get you. You're making cracks again. No, I'm serious. Really, I am. You don't smile like you used to, and usually you seem to... Well, anyway, I didn't expect this from you. I lost the smile, I guess. Maybe for good. The way you're always talking about your hands. What about my hands? Well, you make like they're the most important things in the world. And they're not, is that it? Well, it's according to how you look at it, I guess. Now, look, Smiley, no passes. No. No passes. I I wanted to hear this. You said... Why, I didn't say nothing just about your hands. I remember. You said they aren't important. Well, not exactly. They're kind of nice. They're form good, if you know what I mean. But after all, they're just hands like anybody else's. No. Uh-uh. They're good hands. And, and since I, I came back, I've learned how to use them right. Yeah, Smiley, yeah. But they're more important things than hands. Yeah? Yeah. Women, for instance. Women. Yeah. That's a laugh. Cookie, do you know why my hands are rough and red now? Do you know why I don't smile? Women. Ah, oh, Smiley, I've been around. I know how you feel. Golly, if women aren't important, where are they? Cookie, there's only one way to find out if hands are more important, or if a woman is. Huh? You have to make the test, Cookie. What's more important? Uh, you said no passes, Smiley. I'm not passing, Cookie. I'm not passing. I mean this. Wait a minute. Take it easy. Smiley. Oh, Smiley. Women. Oh. Women. More important. Oh, I'll show you what's important. Oh. Women. <laughs> Payday. For two years in jail, one dead dame. The whole world changed. For a minute, my hands were going open and shut like this. My technique was perfect. Absolutely perfect. They weren't satisfied, my hands, but they'd have to get used to it. All I wanted inside, like, was payday, and this was the day. I looked around to be sure no cars were coming. I took her out of the car and dragged her into the bushes where she wouldn't be found for a while. And I left her there. I felt good. Purely good. Like I'd worked very hard for something and finally got paid. All debts were paid. Everybody, including Smiley, was even with the world. It was wonderful. Just plain wonderful. The only thing was I couldn't tell Curly because even though he'd understood the technique part of it, the rest of it was something he wouldn't get. But could he have seen me use my hands? He'd have been proud. I know it. I took the car back to the U-Drive, paid the man, collected my deposit, and went home. It was still early, and Curly was up. Oh, hi. 
Where'd you go, kid? Oh, just around. I got some fresh air. I, I didn't think you'd be up. Oh, sure. It ain't late. Well, maybe I'd better get to bed, though. Big day tomorrow. Okay, I'll be with you in a minute. Hey, you know, Smiley, I've been thinking. I've been thinking that you should maybe move over to this stove, huh? Well, swell. I, I won't have to work in hot water anymore. Is that? Oh, no, no, no. I'll get another pearl diver. You can come over with me. Hey, look at you. What's the matter with me? Well, nothing. I just noticed you're making with the eyes again, the way you used to. What happened, fella? I, I don't know. I, I didn't think about it. Why? Well, this is wonderful, yeah? I'll bet Cookie will be surprised to see you. Cookie? Yeah, sure. One of her beefs is you don't smile. Dames don't like you to be grouchy. Wait till she sees you like this. Yeah. Uh, who could that be this time of night? How do I know? Uh, Mr. Smith, the... Oh, you're him. Uh, hello, Mr. Smith. Smythe, not Smith. I'm from the U Drive. When you brought the car back tonight, you let this pocketbook in it. Had 15 fish in it. Thought the lady might want it. Oh, oh yeah. Hey, thank you very much. <laughs> Forget it. Come see us again. Hey, what's this? Are you drive yet in a dame's purse? Hey, you were on the town, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I, I'll give it back tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, who is she? Do I know it? Uh, just a dame. Well, <laughs> at least she could make you smile again. <sighs> oh, come on, I'll turn out the light. Let's hear some sleep. <sighs> yes, sir, Smiley. You're doing all right. You stick to your work and we'll make a real team. Remember the technique. Technique. Hey, Smiley, will you answer me something now? Well, sure, Curly. What is it? What happened to that crazy idea you had when you got out of the pokey? Remember you was telling me how you could put the blast on a dame and you... Hey, Smiley, look at me. Smiley, you didn't... Ah, oh, oh, that's crazy. What, Curly? <laughs> I always said you had to be whacked up to get in the restaurant business. I'm just proving it. Boy, I thought for a minute you'd... Ah, oh, I'm nuts. Oh, boy, this bed feels good. I really need to sleep. Imagine me thinking you'd be crazy enough to bump off a tame. Well, good night, Smiley. Good night, Curly. Good night. Sweet dreams. Hey, what, what, what are you doing? Hey, get it out, Smiley. Take your hands off my face. What are you doing? Stop it. Hey, Smiley, what are you, what are you doing? Smiley! I'm sorry. Oh, I, I didn't mean to do that. I hadn't planned on it at all. I didn't want to hurt Curly. He was my friend. We were going to go places together, him and me. I was learning his techniques. And then I got scared and did that. All on account of a woman. Every bit of it. It was a woman who started it. If it hadn't been for her, I, I wouldn't have had to show my hands to that judge. And he wouldn't have looked at him. And, and maybe he wouldn't have sent me up. My hands. Look at them. They're back in condition. I've had over six months to sit here and do nothing. Just watch Pop out there pace up and down. He's been keeping track of the days for me. He told me this morning, Two more days, son. Two more days. Just two more days. I wish it was longer. My hands are so pretty again. And now they're strong. And they got a lot of technique. 
If I was out there, no telling what I could do with hands like these. Suspense. Smiley, starring Donald O'Connor and brought to you by Roma Wines. That's R-O-M-A, Roma Wines, America's largest selling wines. When the weather is so hot and humid that everybody feels like a rag, try this wonderful cooler offer on your thirsty family and friends. A tall, refreshing Roma wine and soda made with better-tasting Roma California wine. Simply half-filled glasses with robust Roma Burgundy, delicate Roma Sauterne, or any Roma wine of your choice. Add ice cubes. Fill up with sparkling water and sweeten to taste. In just seconds, you beat the heat with the coolest, tastiest summer drink that ever soothed a parched throat. Roma Wine and Soda is so cool to come home to. You'll want to enjoy this delicious refresher often. Remember, for cool enjoyment at its delicious best, serve Roma Wine and Soda, made with Roma, R-O-M-A, better tasting Roma Wines. Donald O'Connor may soon be seen in the Universal International production, Something in the Wind. Tonight's suspense play was by Charles Glenn. Next Thursday, same time, you will hear John Lund as star of Suspense. Produced and directed by William Spear for the Roma Wine Company of Fresno, California. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. generality is ever completely true, including that one. Take the old saw which states what people don't know won't hurt them, and that other pious assurance of the triumph of good over evil, which states murder will out. The upcoming story nearly disproves both these mossy axioms. The murder almost succeeded, and the murderer almost was not hurt by what he didn't know. But in the end, he was hoist by his own paper hanger. Listen, listen then, as Mr. Lloyd Bridges stars in Pigeon in the Cage. And now, Mr. Lloyd Bridges in Pigeon in the Cage, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. I'm Gerald Brewer. I'm 31 years old. I'm a paper hanger. I got a wife and I got a kid on the way. 
you like to be home now. Wish I were out of here. Right under the button here, it says, uh, ring in case of emergency. But nothing happens. I've been ringing this bell for the last hour. Nothing happens. Nobody's home, I know that, but I don't know what else to do except ring this bell. I'm stuck in an elevator in a private house between the first and second floor. The overhead light went out a few minutes ago, and I can hardly see. This uh, elevator isn't very big. It holds uh, all three people, four. There's a lever here for floor stops. But uh, uh, something's going wrong. The elevator won't move. And uh, there's two buttons here, one that rings a bell and the other for emergency stops. Overhead, maybe about uh, oh, eight feet from the floor, is a little door maybe about uh, six inches square. I don't know what that's for. That's a pretty old elevator in a pretty old house. Can't squeeze out of it, that's for sure. Three walls of this thing are cherry wood, and the front of it is a folding iron gate. I got on it on the fourth floor where I was papering the library. That was five o'clock, and I was quitting work. Then the elevator got stuck. And nobody's home. I've been yelling my lungs out, ringing the bell, calling for Mrs. Rogers, who owns this house, and pounding the wall. And nobody's home. I'm stuck. The elevator's stuck right above the first floor, right above the living room. So uh, lying down like this, I can see into it through a gap. No bigger than a quarter inch. Uh, I'm worried a little about my wife because, well, because she'll worry. But there's nothing I can do but wait. Relax and wait. All right. You all right, Janet? That's what woke me. If someone was home and talking, I was going to yell out and let them know that I was stuck in the elevator right above their heads. You've got to kill her. But you see, the only way to do it, kill her dead. All right, all right. You've got nothing to worry about. I'll kill her when she gets home. Okay? Okay, Janet? When your wife's dead, I'll be okay. Hey, how about the music? I'll put out some records. Relax. Harry? What? What about the gun? Don't worry. Do me a favor, will you, Harry? Let me worry. Let me know what... All right, the gun's upstairs, second floor, my bedroom. Listen, Janet. You don't even have to be there when it happens. Wouldn't your wife coming home? Soon. Look, you want a drink? Maybe, I don't know. Come on. Let's go to the kitchen. Mix a drink. I don't know who the girl is. I never saw her before. What I could make out of her looking through the gaff is that uh, she's a lot younger than Mr. Rogers. Uh, that, that was Mr. Rogers. I knew that right away without looking at him. I remembered his voice because we'd had a discussion about uh, wallpaper pattern 1216B. Uh, it was uh, Sunday strollers in the park uh, for the library on the, on the fourth floor. Well, if he was going to kill his wife and I just heard about it, what do you think he'd do to me? All I had to do was yell out and let him know that I'd heard. Uh, listen, I, I got a wife and a kid in the way. I, I'm a boy who figures on hanging a lot more paper before he dies. My, my family expects it of me. Besides, what am I supposed to do? Yell out, uh... Hey, I'm hanging up here in the elevator, and I just heard what you said. How do I know that Mr. Rogers wouldn't kill me, huh? I guess all I can do is just... Well, just stay here and hope that I can think of something. Better. 
You better, Janice? You... The drink did it. I'm fine. Yeah. What shall we do? What do you mean? Why waiting? I don't mind waiting now. I, I feel fine. We left the party. We were dancing. Let's dance. Uh, Janice. Janice. What's the matter? Nothing. Let's just not laugh, that's all. Let's not do anything to make the other one laugh. Now who's nervous? She ought to be coming home soon. Let go of me. I'm lost. Nothing wrong, Harry. Just right now, let go of me. Okay, okay. I better go upstairs and get the gun. Found the thing is stuck. What? The elevator. Stuck again. The door down in the basement keeps swinging open and stops it. Stuck. Sure it's stuck. Look, look right over your head. Oh, yeah. Harry. What? Suppose someone's in that elevator. Are you kidding? Suppose someone's in that elevator, Harry. How could anybody... Tell me how it got stuck. How do I know how it got stuck? Suppose someone's on that elevator and heard everything we said. Now, look, it's happened a hundred times before. Suppose the elevator went upstairs and I stood here and rang for it. The elevator would start, but if the basement door swung open, the elevator would stop. All right. You're satisfied? All right. It happened to my wife. And she walked instead of closing the door in the basement. It happened All right, all right. Guns in the bedroom. I'll walk upstairs and get it. Mr. Rogers went to get the gun. I could hear him go into his bedroom. Well, yesterday I papered with the hunters on horseback pattern. I watched the girl that he called Janice. She sat on the sofa for a little while. She got up, folded her arms, and walked around the room. She stopped in front of the elevator. Anybody in there? Anybody in there? She kept looking at the gap where the floor of the elevator was a quarter inch above the top of the door. But the light was out in the elevator and it was black. I hugged the far wall. She couldn't see me. Then Mr. Rogers came back downstairs. You're not satisfied, are you? What do you mean? Looking at the elevator. I, I'm satisfied. Well? I tell you, I'm okay. Hmm. Uh, would it make you feel better if I went down to the basement and shut the door down there, stop the elevator in your seat? Forget it. It would make you feel better, wouldn't it? Leave me alone, will you? Janice. Stop it, Harry, please. You want to forget it, Janice? You want to go back to the party and... No, 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 no. Listen, I'll go down and close the elevator down in the basement. All right. That's what's upsetting you, isn't it? You're afraid someone's in there. Yes. Well, why didn't you say something? Please go downstairs and close it. Harry. Yeah. Yeah, it's her. You wait here. Yeah. I'll do it out in the garage. the way the safe behind that picture. Just tell me to move it. I'll move. Don't push me anymore, Harry. I'm sorry. Twelve to the right. Eighteen to the left. Twenty feet. 
Harry, the phone. I know it's the phone. Answer it. What? Answer it. Say you're Mrs. Rogers and get rid of whoever it is in a hurry. Say you'll call back. Hello? Yes. Yes, this is Mrs. Rogers. Who? Paper hanger? No, I'm, I'm sure of it. Yes, yes, goodbye. Harry. What is it? Was there a paper hanger here today? Huh? Well, I guess so. The place is being papered. Why? That was his wife, Mrs. Brewer. Oh? He's not home. She expected him home hours ago. She knew he was here. Harry, the elevator. Yeah. Brewer. You up there? What about it, Brewer? You up there? Okay, Brewer, don't bother to answer. I'll find out whether you're up there. And if you are, you're dead. didn't you? You're in there, I'll kill you. Jenny, get me a chair. Maybe if I stand or not, I can see him. Brewer! Brewer, you won't be able to hide in there for very long, Brewer. Can you see him, Harry? I don't know. Black in there. This lid is all I have to look through. Turn off that music, will you? What's the music got to do with... Turn it off! Listen, Harry, we're getting panicky, both of us. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're wrong. Maybe the paper hanger just stopped at the corner bar and got loaded and never got home. Maybe... We've got to find out. Got to get out of here, Janice. Back to the party. I'll go down to the basement and close that elevator door and bring it down. All right. You wait here. Harry. Pour yourself a drink, Janice. You look terrible. Why don't you just wait to hear what I have to say? All right. What do you want? Take the gun with you. Casey's there. Okay, okay. How about that? Wouldn't you think that my wife had... No, no, it wasn't her fault for calling. For being worried, for being such a good wife. But if she hadn't called, Mr. Rogers and that girl would have gone away. We always blame somebody else when we're in trouble, don't we? Well, one thing I'm sure of. Mr. Rogers has a gun in his hand. And the other thing... The other thing that I'm sure of is that he isn't kidding. I'm positive that he isn't kidding. A man who's just killed his wife isn't a kidding type. Now. Now, here's what he's about to do. Close the basement elevator gate, push the button, and bring the elevator down. Then he's going to open the door, see me, shoot me. 
family, like I said, and I got a good trade, paper hanging. And a lot of things I'd like to enjoy in life. So I don't want to die. <laughs> you know what my life depends on right now? This button. Mark emergency stop. Mr. Rogers closes the gate and tries to bring the elevator down to the basement. And me inside the elevator, I keep my finger on the emergency stop button and I pray. Ah, oh, nothing happens. The elevator doesn't move. What's the matter? You're doing anything up there? What? What do you mean? Pressing a button or anything? I'm not doing anything, Harry. Well, something's wrong. What? What's the matter? I don't know. Just in case, I'm going to leave the door open. Janice and I'm cutting up. Mister. Mister, if you're in there, mister, if you're in there in that elevator and you, you know what's happened, and if there's some way the three of us can get together so that Nobody has to get hurt anymore. Listen. All right, we killed his wife. You don't know what she was. You don't know what she was. She was... Janice. Janice, what are you doing? Maybe we can reason with him if he's in there. Maybe all we have to do is explain why it happened and, and maybe well, tell him tell him we're not so bad. You know what I think, Janice? I think there's no one in there. There is. There is. I know it, Harry. All right. We'll make sure. Come on. We'll go upstairs up to the second floor. I've got a way to make sure. How? I'll climb down into the elevator from the second floor. There's a little trap door on top. I'll open it, strike a light. I'll find out. Come on. Have you got matches, Harry? I'll use my lighter. Got the trap door open. Can you see him? Wait. There. Uh-uh. Now I'm going to have to... Hey! Hey, what is it? What's the matter? He's in there, Janice. When I reached in, he knocked the lighter out of my hand. He's in there. Kill him. Kill him. You've got to kill him. No, we don't. It's all right now. It's all right that he's in there. What do you mean? We killed my wife, right? We were going to take her jewelry. We'd make it look like a robbery and murder. We'd make it look like she surprised the thief. She was coming home and the thief was leaving. Yes. Well, don't you see? I'll bring her body up here to the bedroom, and then I'll throw the jewelry in the elevator, empty the gun, throw it in. He'll be the thief. The murderer trapped in the elevator. Hey. How do you like that, brother? You'll be the murderer! Do it! Just do it, Harry! It's gonna be all right! Just do it! I'll be right back. Mister? We know you're in there, mister. Just a couple of feet below. Listen, mister. What do you want? <laughs> Hello, Mr. Paperhanger Brewer. You think that you... What? If you think that you can get away with it... I tried to reason with you. All I wanted you to do was to go away. I talked to your wife. 
She was worried, wasn't she? If you'd listened to me, you could have been home by now. How could I listen to you after what you did? I tried to explain it to you, and you wouldn't listen. Mr. Rogers was a married man. You carried on with him, didn't you? You know what? What? He shot his wife, but you're just as much a murderer as he is. I know. Now, how can you expect me to listen to you? I don't want anybody else to get hurt. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Honest. How about the way you said, kill him, kill him, huh? Meaning me. Well, what about that? Because you had to act so smart. Because you didn't answer when I talked to you. Yeah, I saw you. What do you mean? When you were downstairs in the living room. I was lying down on the floor in there and I saw you. I can't understand how anybody who looks like you can do what you did. What does your wife look like? Why? What do you look like? Uh, you don't even know me. You don't even know what a man looks like, and you're going to do what you're going to do. Yes, I am. Mister? Mister? Mister Paperhanger, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. Why don't you answer me? <laughs> Give me a hand, Janice. Janice, what's the matter? Yeah. It's almost over here. Just here. Put it down. Yeah. I got the jewelry. Here, hold it a minute. I just want to take the rest of the bullets out of this gun. No. Wait a minute. Now there's no more bullets in the gun. Bullets are in the wall. Make this place look like a mess. Like she put up a fight. Now what do you have to do? Just climb down there again on top of the elevator, that's all. I told her it'll be over in a minute. Hey, you! Brother! Not talking, huh? I don't mind. I'm going to give you something, Brewer. Here, jewelry, bracelet, and a necklace. Worth a lot of money, Brewer. Here's a gun, too. Empty, because it's the one you killed my wife with. <laughs> Have fun, Brewer. Can you believe it? Just look what's happened to me. I'm paper in the house. I get caught in an elevator. And now I'm going to be blamed for murder. And there's nothing that I can do about it. Rogers and the girl are on the first floor now. He's helping her with her coat. She still looks shaky. I can lie down on the floor and see him through the gap. Hey. Hey, they're starting to leave. Uh, Mr. Rogers. You're not going to get away with it, Mr. Rogers. Before you go, you better think about something. What about the fingerprints? What about the fingerprints and the gun, Mr. Rogers? You forgot to wipe them off, didn't you? Hello, Mr. Rogers. I'm lying down on the floor of the elevator, and I'm looking out of the gap, and I can see you. Hello, miss. I'm in here, and you're out there. 
But you're the ones that are trapped now. Mr. Brewer. What do you want, Mr. Rogers? Mr. Brewer, I... Harry. He's right, isn't he? Your fingerprints are on the gun. Mr. Brewer, I guess we'd better make some arrangements, shouldn't we? Janet. What? Go down to the basement and shut the elevator door. Then Mr. Brewer will be able to bring the elevator down. Go ahead, Janice. Hurry. How does it feel? Well, the first thing I want to tell you is that you can keep the jewels. How does it feel to be trapped? Oh, really, now. We'll talk this over. Feels terrible, doesn't it? When you come out of the elevator. I don't think so. I don't know whether I'm going to come out or not. Not now. It's closed, Harry. Come on up. All I have to do is keep my finger on this emergency stop button, and you can't move this elevator an inch. Now, let's be reasonable. You killed your wife, Mr. Rogers. How do I know what else you got down there that you might kill me with? Do you think I would... Yeah, yeah. Ah. <laughs> you know what a silly question that is, don't you? Look, I got this gun of yours, and it's proof that you killed her. And no amount of arguing that you can think of can change that. Money. I got lots of money. I don't think money is important right now. Well, why... He you... won't come out. What? No, sir. I'm not coming out. I got you two where I want you, and I'm not moving. Janice, tell him how rich I am, how much I can do for him. Harry. Tell him, tell him. Harry. All the things I can do. All the things you can do. Look what you can do. Haven't you done enough already? Look what you can do. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Shut up. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hit you. I didn't mean to. Oh. You're not dead. You're not dead, Janice. Dead, Janice. Dead, Janice. Dead, Janice. No, no. I didn't mean to. You're not dead, Janice. Yeah, Mr. You're Rogers, yeah. Look You're at the things dead, that you can do. Jerry, dear. No, 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 everything's fine. Yeah, in just a little while. No, no, really, everything's fine. I'll tell you about it when I get home. I uh, got stuck in an elevator is all. I said I got stuck in an elevator. Suspense. In which Lloyd Bridges starred in William N. Robeson's production of Pigeon in the Cage, written by Morton Fine and David Friedkin. Listen. Listen again next week when we return with another tale well calculated to keep you in... Suspense. Supporting Mr. Bridges in Pigeon in the Cage were Ellen Morgan and Joe DeSantis.
tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. In a moment, Act One of The Silver Shoe, written especially for suspense by Robert Reddick. say to yourself, well, that's the way it is. It's all over. Maybe if you care a lot for somebody like I did for Corey, maybe they go on living in a way in your mind. Not really living, but well, kind of living in your thoughts or your memory or your dreams. But that's all. So when I saw this girl sitting in a drugstore Two years after Corey's funeral. Well, naturally, I had to figure she was somebody who just happened to look a lot like her. I mean, wouldn't you? I wouldn't have been shocked if she'd just been sitting there at the counter drinking her coffee. But she was doing something that, well, I guess I'd seen Corey do a hundred times. She was holding a spoon, upside down, dabbing little strokes with it on her napkin, like it was a paintbrush, drawing imaginary little pictures on it. And when she spoke to the counterman, it was with Corey's own sweet, familiar voice. You let me have a check, please? Sure. What'd you have? Uh, egg salad sandwich and coffee. Okay, 50 cents, beautiful. I guess I must have looked pretty strange standing there, staring at her. But I couldn't help myself. You want something, buddy? Huh? Oh, yeah, a cup of coffee. Cup of coffee coming up. watched her pay the check, watched every movement she made, every step she took as she walked out of the door. And they were Corey's movements, Corey's steps, every one of them. Kind of cute, eh? What? Nice looking chick. Uh, does she come in here a lot? Yeah, once in a while. She's one of the dames who works down the street at the dance hall. Here's your coffee. Thanks, I don't want it. Here's your dime. Huh? Oh, sure, Tiger. I followed. I had to. A few doors away, there was an entrance lit up with a lot of neon and stuff saying it was a dance hall. And I saw her walk into it. I felt kind of funny about following her, but... Well, somehow, I, I couldn't do anything else. Inside, there was this 
sort of pink ceiling over a long flight of stone steps leading down into the dance hall. Well, I bought a ticket at a little booth at the bottom, and then I went into this big room where the music was playing. I didn't see her anywhere, but a bunch of other girls came running up to the railing and started calling out to me. Exotic dancing partner? Hmm? Well, of course, even when this joint is jumping, there's only 22 of us. But I mean the other part. Do you think I'm gorgeous and exotic, honey? Is that why you picked me? Uh, well, I, I, don't, I don't think I know what you mean. You know what gorgeous means, don't you? Oh, sure. Well, exotic means weird, honey. Strange. Come on, baby. Buy me some tickets. And while you're out there on the floor holding me tight in your arms, you can tell me how exotic I am. Well, I really came in here looking for somebody else. She's about five foot three and has light brown hair and blue eyes. <laughs> She's like half the girls in America. Besides, if you don't see her, she ain't here. Who told you she worked here anyway? Here, this, this picture in my wallet. She looks like this girl. No, somebody's kidding you. We ain't got nobody here looks like that. Oh, but I saw her come in here. Look, I ought to know. I've been working here for four years. I tell you, we got no girl like that. Now, why don't you just forget her and concentrate on me? Anything the matter with me? Oh, no. No, it's, it's just... You a... bet there ain't. <laughs> now, don't you run away, sailor. I'm going in and powder my nose. Don't let any of these other dames latch on to you. And when I come back, I'll show you the way a patriotic lady treats the Navy. She walked away. I began to figure maybe I was mistaken after all about seeing Corey or this girl coming in here that maybe I lost her on the street that it was somebody else I'd seen in the neon light and I was just about to leave when I saw her again sitting alone at a table in a half darkened corner clear across the room she was dressed different now in a sort of spangly silver gown that left her shoulders bare she looked just like Corey did the night I took her to the McKendrick's ball. When a sort of a daze, I walked across the dance floor and over to the table where she was sitting. I guess she was thinking about something because she didn't look up until I was just about standing next to her. Hi. Hi, yourself. I saw you upstairs at the drugstore. Did you? Yeah. 
she had a strange expression on her face. Kind of like I figured mine must have looked. Sort of surprised. Like she couldn't quite believe what she was seeing. You know something? Hmm? When I first looked up just now, it was almost like I knew you from somewhere. Knew you real well. You seem to remind me of someone. I... I, I can't remember who. <laughs> Isn't it a funny feeling? You know what I mean? She told me to buy her some dance tickets at the little booth. Well, I did. Then I came back and I sat down with her at her table. I, I told her of how she reminded me so much of someone, too. Uh... I've got a photograph of her. I'll show it to you. There. That's Corey. Well, doesn't she look... Yeah, yeah, she does. I'm sorry about following you down here from the drugstore, but... Well, that's all right, Joy. You don't have to apologize. I understand. How did you know my name? What? You called me by my name. How, How did... Oh, is your name Joey? Yeah, I Oh, well, that's just a habit of mine. I call all sailors Joey till I get to know them a little. How come? Oh, I don't know. Just like that. Look, let, let's dance, huh? <laughs> well, I, I, I don't dance very well. I... Oh, that's all right, Joey. Just, just hold me. And then she took my hand in the same special way that Corey had a hundred times, a, a, a thousand times before, gently, tenderly, with her fingers lightly laced in mine. I remembered that day more than two years ago when I was standing leaning against the outside wall of my house. My eyes were closed because the sun was bright and my head was back because it was nice and warm on my neck. And while I was standing there, like that, Corey came over and quietly stood beside me that way, the same way with her head back and all and gently took my hand and placed her fingers in mine. And she said so softly that I almost couldn't hear her. It must be lovely on the beach. And I thought to myself, yeah, or on the dunes. And just as if she could read my mind, she said, or on the dunes. And the next thing I remember... I was lying on a blanket in a hollow with sand knolls all around. And the sun was blazing hot. Nice, though. And Corey turned over on the blanket, put her face next to mine, and, and she said, I love you, Joey. And when we're old enough, I want to marry you and have three children. And live in a nice little house. And have many friends and books to read and records on the phonograph. 
and I want to die with you in my arms. And then she cried. I suddenly realized that I was holding this other girl in my arms. That we were dancing. Where did you learn that step? What? The one you just did. Well, I don't know. Just kind of like it. Well, you said you couldn't dance. Well, not very well, usually. Seems to me we dance just fine together. Comfortable and easy. Like two people of... Dance together a lot. Yeah. You're not 21, are you? No, 20. Oh, you're supposed to be 21 to come in here. Oh. Oh, but we won't tell them, will we? Truth is, I'm only 20 myself, but they don't know that. Oh, is that right? Uh Uh-huh. See, that's just the age Corey I'm sorry. I just can't help it. Oh, of course you can. You're so much like her. Oh, it's all right, Joey. I understand. But, you know, all the time we've been dancing, I've been lost in memories, too. Yeah? Yeah, but mine are funny, and, and, and they're vague. I keep getting a certain picture in my mind that makes no sense. What do you mean? Well, I see myself with a boy. The one you remind me of. In a park. Yeah? It's very quiet, and the full moon lights up his face. I, I can't figure out who he is. The picture's clear. We're, we're standing together looking up at a statue. The strange thing is I, I don't seem to remember anything like that ever happening to me. I guess it did, but I, I just can't seem to remember. But I could remember it. I could remember it very well. two years ago, and I was walking in Heatherton Park with Corey. There was a bright moon. Nobody else was there. Nobody in the whole park. And she stopped before the statue of Daniel Porter, who had said contributed more to the development of something or other than any other man in the state. She looked up at it as if she were going to mention something about it. She said, Dr. King said, I'm not well. And I could tell from the way she said it that it was serious. We walked through the park without saying another word. And the next day she went away to the sanitarium. And three months later she was dead. Other, other statues, other moonlit nights, but somehow I knew. Joey, you look pale. What's the matter with you? Could we go back and sit down? Sure, come on. Don't you feel well? I'll be all right. That, that park you pictured in your mind, that statue? Yeah. You were standing with some fella looking up at a statue. Where was the moon? Low? Just, just over his shoulder? Huh? Was the moon sort of low in the sky like it was... Sitting there, right over the shoulder of the statue. Are you 
Yeah? It was. Yeah, yeah. How could you know that? And, and, and were you, you holding his hand? Yeah. With your fingers lo- locked in his like... And then suddenly I saw it. Cupped in her open palm. A small silver medallion that I'd made for Corey three years before. I cast it myself with a makeshift crucible and molds. She used to wear it on a chain. What is that? Where did you get that? What? That thing in your hand. Let me see it. Give it to me. Joey, what are you doing? Give it to me. I the table, grabbed it from her, but my hand struck against hers and she dropped it. Where, where is it? What is it? Where did it fall? Joey. Too dark. I can't find it. Oh, Joey. Where did it go? Light! Give me some light! Joy! How did you get that medallion? How did you get it? Medallion, I had a coin in my hand. What are you talking about? That was no coin. Don't you think I can see? What's the matter? This guy drunk? No. Will you turn some lights on? Now listen, Phil. Bailey, it's all right. You sure? Yeah. Okay, Muriel, but you better take it easy, Sailor. We don't want no trouble here. Oh, Joey, you don't know this place. You make any trouble and they'll... What is this all about? What are you trying to do to me? You listen to me for a minute. What are you lying to me for? I saw it. I saw it in your hand. Look, Joy, I mean it. You make any trouble or anything and they'll call the shore patrol. They will. Now, look, let's get out of here, okay? I'll turn in my tickets and change my clothes. We're not supposed to take dates out of here, so you go on up to that drugstore and wait for me. I'll meet you in a few minutes. After you're gone, I'll I'll find it. I'll find what you're looking for. So I went up to the drugstore and waited. I waited ten minutes, twenty minutes. I waited half an hour. And I went into the phone booth and I called the dance hall. sailor who was in there a little while ago. So, what do you want? I'd like to talk to that girl I was dancing with. You know the one I mean. Girls can't come to the phone. Why not? Because they're working, that's why not. This girl I was with, she... Telling you they're all busy. Now get lost, will you? Now you listen to me, mister. I want you to put that girl on the phone and... Look, sailor. Don't stick your head in a pail someplace, will you? Cool off. Hey, Tell me your name. I'm not a bad sailor. This the one? 
No. Look, you see this guy in here? Sure. Who's he dancing with? He wasn't dancing with nobody. What? I gave him a pitch, but he just walked over and sat down by himself at the back table in the corner. He just sat there staring at the tablecloth for about half an hour. Then he walked out. What are you? You remember me, don't you, honey? You gave me a cigarette. So what do you tell me you were dancing with somebody for? What's the matter with you? You came over to our table... Remember, I was looking for something. You're looking for something, all right. In just about a minute, you're going to get it. Now, pack up, you hear me? Now, here, here, here. You see this? It's a picture of some dame. He showed it to me. He keeps saying she works here. I think he's cracked or something. You got the wrong place. She don't work here. Let's go. I'm telling you, I was sitting with her, dancing with her. Where are you? Are you down here? Where are you? You're really asking for it, boy. You know that, don't you? Get your hands off me. I said get your hands off me. Okay, buddy. Enough, buddy. Oh, you I came to the next morning in sick bay on the ship. I couldn't do anything but lay there and think about this girl. I told the ship's doctor about it. You've been under a great strain lately, Joey. I'm going to recommend that your duties be suspended for a few days at least. You want me to stay here? Yes. In sick bay? That's right. What do you think, I'm crazy or something? You want to keep an eye on me? I said you've been under a strain, that's all. I don't think you've ever really gotten over the shock of Corey's passing away. You've been thinking a lot about her lately, haven't you? I mean, in these last weeks, before you even saw this uh, other girl in the drugstore. Yes, I have. Well, isn't it possible that you simply wanted her back so much that... That my imagination was playing tricks on me? Something like that, yes. I want you to stay right there in that bed. Well, I lay there for about a week. I guess I was just about convinced that's the way it was. I mean, it was the only thing I could think of that seemed to explain everything. One day they told me I could get up and... They brought me my clothes. And then, I found the silver medallion in one of my shoes. That's where it must have fallen when she dropped it. There was no question about it. It was the one I had made for Corey. At her funeral, at the reception, I had been the last one in line to look at her. I'd reached into the coffin and placed the medallion in her sweet, cool hand and gently curled her fingers over it. And then they closed the lid. I never told that to the ship's doctor. Do you think I should have? Listening to The Silver Shoe, written especially for suspense by Robert Reddick. The 
Suspense is produced and directed by Fred Hendrickson. Heard in tonight's story were William Mason, Tony Darnay, Dick Keith, Rita Lloyd, Gertrude Warner, and Ralph Camargo. Music supervision by Ethel Huber. Sound patterns by Walter Otto. Technical direction by Michael Schottkiss. This is Stuart Nett speaking. Listen again next week when we return with Pages from a Diary, written by Virginia Voland and starring Jim and Henny Backus. Another tale well calculated to keep you in... Suspense.